0: Yes, yes, go ahead. Today's scripture portion is 2 uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse uh, 11 to 18. And of this gospel, I was appointed a hurdle and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. God, the good deposit that was entrusted to you. God guard, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that every everyone. Uh, in the province of Asia, has visited me, including Physalus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of honest referers, because he oh. often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. This is the word of
1: Thank you so much. What a joy and a an honor it is to be with each one of you this morning, especially on Zoom. Uh, let me take a bit of a time to just look through the screen and say hello to some lovely people that I would meet otherwise at the hall, at the, uh, the middle hall. And as a family, we truly miss being with each one of you. It's just a different uh, feeling altogether, just to be able to see you in flesh and blood. I think it is only on Zoom. Uh, I think uh, we ask people not to sing along with us, right? Uh, in fact, not to unmute themselves. Otherwise in the churches, have you seen worship leaders struggling hard to tell people, come on guys, sing, sing, you know, make your sound be known. And here we tell them, hey, look, sing, but just don't, don't disturb us. Don't, don't, don't unmute yourself and just keep your microphones muted. Uh, you know how things have gone about, but uh, and I think what we miss as a community of God is the whole aspect of singing together, of of being able to stand with the other, to be able to hear the other. I think we, we're just not really hearing the other person as such. I'm just... I think it's a faith building exercise to be able to sing together. But praise God for the lovely songs that uh, our worship leaders led us this uh, morning. So a big hello to brother View and the family. Uh, we were part of a camp together and we see the kids small and I know the kids have grown up. Uh, my son is just one number less on my shoes. So uh, he's gonna grow up and probably steal away my shoes. Uh, up till now, he was stealing away my wife's shoes and he was wearing her sports shoes. Uh, to her activities now i'm afraid that my shoes and my uh in fact is already wearing my shorts so i'm afraid uh, that a lot of my clothes are gonna go missing so i'll have to safeguard them you know kids grow up uh, don't they and of course our uh, dear brother joseph and sister florence uh, we remember a good time that we had with sharath and the family there in fact a picture that facebook would often show back and say hey look you had some one- wonderful memory you know that's one reason i thank the facebook for that they at least show us some good memories uh from the past and. And, uh, and and so good to see you, of course, Pastor Michael and Sister Grace. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, uh, one of their uh, boys were home, and Pastor Michael was extremely uh, elated about it. I mean, you could see that on his face that my boy is home, and you could see that joy on him. I don't know if the boy is still there, he's gone back. But so good to see you, Sister Grace. And of course, um, you know, your time in Ludhiana, uh, praise God for you. And of, of course, our dear Sister Jackie is there, the ever vibrant, happy Sister Jackie. Uh, God bless you and of course um, sister Vasundra and uh, you know uh, brother Sumit there Uh, you know how lovely and of course brother Matthew Babu Uh, in fact you retired from the services praise God for your services and uh, we as a family still remember the good food that we had at your house we still can taste it it's been probably two years three years I don't know how long but the the food was very good and I hope your hope your sons are keeping well Uh, remember uh, talking about them, please say hello to them. And of course, Uncle Jay Chandran and um, Auntie, um, uh, so good to see both of you and uh, so so lovely. And of course, all the others I know. Um, and of course, uh, Dr. Famkima, uh, welcome to the SDC family. I re- uh, see that you have been formally welcomed uh, to be the part of the family. And of course, we have associations from TL in that sense a lovely family out there. And of course, Brother Randall and all the others who are behind the behind the screen, behind the camera, my big hello uh, from my family and my children. And we praise God for each one of you. In fact, we rejoice over each one of you. Just a joy uh, and, uh, and an immense pleasure to be able to come and worship the Lord together and also, of course, to bring God's word in today for each one of us. Well, as um, brother Vio mentioned, uh, I worked with RZIM. Now RZIM is rebranded into something, what is called as the Life Focus Society. Uh, Most of you are aware of what has happened. And I just want to take this opportunity to say sorry, just in case that whole episode, that whole event had uh, slowed you down in your journey of faith, if it had cost you harm in any sense. Uh, Please forgive us. Uh, In fact, a lot of us are still struggling through it. Uh, A lot of us still wonder what just happened, Uh, you know, but uh, we also realize that we are battling not against flesh and blood, but against uh, forces of darkness. And uh, and Apostle Paul reminds us, do not be unaware of the schemes of the enemy And, and we're just praying hard that the Lord will keep us faithful. Uh, in that sense. So our apologies uh, from our side, but keep looking at Jesus uh, because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, He is trustworthy. He will never let us down. Uh, And um, and, and we pray that we all will finish the race that God has called us to uh, run and finish it faithfully as well. Well, thank you so much. Well, I also now know that you are doing a wonderful series of studies that you have started at church, at um, at at, at uh, SDC, and and I pray that the Lord truly would bless you to know the Lord more through this series, to love the Lord more through this series, and also to be like the Lord through this series. I mean, three three aspects of it, right? That we would we would not only know Him, that we will love Him, that that we would be like Him. Uh, so I pray that these three aspects would be fulfilled by the time. Uh, of course you're finishing the series and i know this is a lifelong journey i mean we don't become like like him after a series is over but we can become like him a degree closer than we were earlier and i'm told that uh, last sunday you studied from the book of second uh, timothy letter of paul to timothy second timothy chapter 1 and 1 to 10 and you looked at what does it mean to be uh, called into living a holy life now i think again a subject that uh, we have to work on the whole of our life, isn't it? But I think the journey starts somewhere, and I'm I'm sure that has been a blessing to you today. We're going to study from Second Timothy chapter one and from verses one to eighteen, and the title is called "To be uh, trustworthy," called to be trustworthy. Now, of course, uh, a big thanks to Christina who asked me to send her some lines so that she can do the promo video. Uh, Christina, if you're hearing me, I don't know where you are, but a big shout out and thanks for doing that promo. You did a fantastic job uh, doing that. Thank you very much. May the Lord uh, bless you. Now, let me try put this on screen for us. Yeah, okay. there we go. Let me just move a bit. Okay. all right. So here is the question I want to ask. First of all, Okay, to start with. What does it mean to be trustworthy? What does it mean to be trustworthy? And I saw my dear brother CB somewhere. Brother CB, are you there? Oh yeah, brother CB has just gone behind the camera. Brother CB, I love you so much. Would you mind putting your camera? I liked your beard, you look so young and good. Uh, I wanna do a a small little exercise with you. Uh, There we go, I have my dear brother CB. Brother CB, a big hug to you and, and God bless you, brother CB. Uh, right, Brother CB, let me ask you a couple of questions. We're going to look at this topic called What Does It Mean to Be Trustworthy? Now, Brother CB, tell me, uh, please unmute yourself uh, and tell me, uh, what are you sitting on? Are you sitting on a chair? Are you sitting on a couch? Are you sitting on a bed? Where are you sitting on? I'm sitting on a couch here. You're sitting on a couch. Oh, well, I think that that's probably the most comfortable position, right? Yes. Uh, God bless your couch. Now tell me this, uh, when you sat on the couch for this morning, uh, you know, did you lift the couch up? Did you press the couch down to see if the couch would hold your weight? I did nothing. Oh, you did nothing. But of course you sat down on the couch, didn't you? Right. <laughs> that's all, all right. That's all. Yes, you sat down on the couch. Now. What does that mean, brother CB? I mean, does this mean that this couch has been trustworthy all this while? This is not the first time you're sitting on the couch, right? You sat on this couch earlier too. Yes, from my experience. Yes. It is uh, strong enough to hold me. Right. And I'm sure the couch is now praying to God, God, please end the Zoom meetings. I'm tired of CB sitting on me all this while. I mean, just send him out, right? I mean, uh, in fact, all of our chairs are. Huh? But, but what you're saying is, from your experience here now, that my couch will wait by, take my weight, and the couch is trustworthy. Now, of course, all of us, I mean, none of you, before you came into the Zoom meetings, I mean, uh, including Pastor Michael and Sister Jackie and Sumit, and all of you, none of you checked the sofa that you're sitting on, the couch you're sitting on, the chair that you're sitting on, because the the object of of what you're sitting on has proved to be trustworthy, hasn't it? Uh, It has never let you down in that. Of of course, let's assume that brother CB sat on this couch yesterday and the couch broke, right? I mean, so brother CB, would you sit on that couch without testing it this morning? You you don't want to be an embarrassment in front of all these people who are looking at you, right? I mean, you don't want to disappear from the screen all of a sudden, that big noise that comes in. Uh, You'll be extremely careful if you had a bad experience with the couch. But since you did not have a bad experience, since the couch has taken your weight gracefully and patiently without complaining, you did not have to check whether the couch would take the the weight. So that means uh, the couch has become trustworthy. Uh, You can trust the couch, you can trust the chair that you are sitting on. Now, in the Greek, uh, the word that is used for trust is a word called uh, as now what basically that says is look uh you know it talks about being confident or being reliant or or trustiness that basically says that if you as a person are trustworthy i can put my confidence upon you just like brother cb put us brother cb you are what 75 80 you You've probably lost weight right you've been exercising okay let me not let let me not uh, uh, you know uh, uh, let me keep your heart you're probably 70 75 not more than that uh, you, we probably are same same equation there. all right you probably put your 75 kilos on the couch right and, and 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 you you have you have felt the confidence of your being to transfer your weight on that couch so what does it mean when we say I am trustworthy. It means the other person can be confident to put their weight on you, put their uh, reliance on you, that you are trustworthy. Trustiness is one of the aspects of being trustworthy. Now, what does it mean to be Trustworthy, that you as a person can be trusted, relied upon, and others can put their confidence upon you. Now, here in this context of our study, the word trusty trustworthiness is studied in the context of one being a follower of Christ. One being a follower of Christ. And in that sense, the next question then we should raise is: what does it mean to be trustworthy as a follower of Jesus Christ? Right? Now, We all are trustworthy in in all aspects of our life, right? But here in context of a study, the question is, what does it mean to be trustworthy as a follower of Jesus Christ? Now, as I was thinking about it, I I realized that the virtue of being trustworthy is not just a virtue or a quality that is to be embraced by the so-called Christian community of God-loving, God-fearing community. But did you know this virtue of trustworthy is also high priority for the mafia? Even for the Mafia, the virtue of trustworthiness is of great importance. They expect each of their gang members to be trustworthy, worthy of trust. I mean, I mean, you cross them, you cheat them, your life is gone. They expect high levels of trustworthiness. In fact, all of our relationships are based on this uh you know basis of trustworthiness our relationship with our spouse our employer i mean you take any relationship i think we we base our relationship on uh, on on trustworthiness don't you so again the question to ask us coming back to the question um you know what does it mean to be a follower of jesus christ and here you know of course in the text We might see glimpses of some of the points, not all of the points, of what does it mean to be a trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ. But I think this is good for us to go for the moment. First, a trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ is not ashamed of the gospel. A trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ is not ashamed of the gospel. Now, it may sound very simple. Let let me unpack it for us. The time that Apostle Paul lived was a very perilous time. And of course, I'm sure the the context has been given to you uh, last week. It was a very tough time. The gospel, the evangelion, the message of Jesus was not welcome. It was just not welcome. It was rather seen as a new way of life against the existing ideologies of the government and people around. There was a huge protest against it. People were not liking it. Not many people wanted to openly confess their adherence or their allegiance to the good news or to the gospel. In fact, Apostle Paul mentions about those in Asia who have turned away from the gospel, including Phygelius and Hermogenus. They walked away from the gospel because perhaps they were ashamed of the gospel. And in that context, Apostle Paul is saying, look, Being a trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ would mean that I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, I think we are in similar times as Paul was uh, culturally even today. To be a Christian today, in the given circumstances that we are in the country, might not be something that is highly welcome. While people might say, ah, you are a foreigner, aren't you? I mean, you don't belong here. I mean, you people have destroyed our culture. I mean, uh, look at you. I mean, you you, you basically come to convert us. Uh, to the extent that even if you give a glass of water to somebody, the other person thinks, well, you have an ulterior motive. You can't do anything that we have been doing, not even social service, because everything is now seen through the prism, through the glasses of converting the other person. There is a lot of, of, of uh, uh, you know, suspicion uh, that is uh, in the country. and therefore of course I think the narrative that has been painted today um, of course you read the Pew reports uh, uh, where you know the basic underlying factor is look you, if you if you are a, if you're an Indian, then you must be a Hindu right? If you are an Indian then you must speak Hindi. I mean, God bless bless those people joining us from South India. You have to learn Hindi very soon. You are in trouble very soon otherwise. I mean, mean, so you must be a Hindu, uh, you must be able to speak Hindi, and then you must be able to vote for a particular political party. Otherwise, you probably are not the people of the land. And of course, if you look at globally, We are in a stage where Christianity is seen as a belief that is detrimental to the flourishing of the society. Can I say that again? Christianity today is seen as detrimental to the flourishing of the society. So so you just don't tolerate Christians, but you do away with Christians because they are not good for the society at large. Now, this is the culture locally and globally that we are living in. And therefore, the question is, in the given scenario, can I and you be trusted as a worthy follower of Jesus who is not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you, my dear friend, can you relate to the gospel? Can you stand for the gospel and let people know that you are indeed a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? You are indeed born again, that you stand for him. Times times are difficult, times are going to be difficult, but the question that we must ask is, if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, can I be trusted with my allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ? Can I be trusted in my faith, in my belief upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Christ. The second question that we must ask is, I mean, what does it mean to be a trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ? A trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ is not afraid to suffer for the gospel. Is not afraid to suffer for the gospel. You know, Apostle Paul is in a situation where he doesn't really know if he would live long. Death was a looming reality over him. He could not, he could not really speculate much. I mean, he could be executed any time. But you know what he says never mind i am not afraid to suffer for the gospel in short he is saying you can trust me with the suffering that comes my way well i think that takes audacity right to say well trust me with the suffering that is going to come my way an apostle paul in Romans goes on to say, Nothing will separate me from the love of God. Neither death, nor love, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for tomorrow, not even the path of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from love of God that is in Christ Jesus. In short, he's saying, Trust me to suffer for the sake of the gospel. So the question again i would like to posit for each one of you is would you be my brother and sister be found trustworthy in the sufferings of life that you go through to put your allegiance upon the lord in fact some of us have really gone through difficult times during the pandemic and praise god for our dear brothers and sisters who held on to the lord and were trustworthy in their suffering i mean some of us have lost our children i mean some of us have uh, had major losses in that sense uh, for the sake of the gospel But I pray God for you that you held on to the suffering that you have gone through for the sake of the gospel. You know, when we were studying at the Bible College, our professor used to say this. Never made sense. then; It makes a lot of sense now. And that's how life is, isn't it? He said, you know, you all can go through the theological training that we are training you through. But there is another school of training that God will take you through. And that is the school of suffering. It makes sense now. He said, "We can't help you there. God alone can help you, but God takes you through the school of suffering. In fact, if you see anybody who's successful, go and take them out for a cup of coffee and ask them for what they have gone through. You know, before God uses anybody, He takes them through their school of suffering." Now, Apostle Paul is saying, "Count me trustworthy to suffer for the sake of the gospel." You know, it is Adrian Rogers, the great Baptist preacher, who said, "If." If you don't feel the devil bugging you, you're probably walking hand in hand and step in step with him in the same direction. As a Christian, if you don't feel the devil bugging you, you're probably walking with him hand in hand, step in step, whistling with him in the same direction. As a Christian, you will feel the forces of darkness come against you and at times he uses flesh and blood to come against you but as apostle paul can we be as brothers and sisters of the lord jesus christ can say trust me to suffer for the sake of the and third, of course, uh, it's a beautiful one, a trustworthy follower of the Lord Jesus Christ lives in the light of eternity. He lives in the light of eternity. And here is where that beautiful song was uh, played for us. Uh, it would have been so wonderful to sing this together, right? Uh, and an Apostle Paul says, I'm persuaded that God is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. Three words in there. You know, that God is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. Keep to him until that day to live life in the light of eternity. You know, it is C.S. Lewis who said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown with it. Aim at earth, you will never get anything. You see, to live as a follower of Jesus Christ, light of eternity. Now I think it is here, Apostle Paul is turning around and saying, "Look, you can trust God. You can trust God. He is trustworthy. And therefore, because God is a person, He is a person who can be trusted. That I have I have transferred my weight onto Him all this while, and I know that He is trustworthy. You know, uh, at times uh, when you call people for meetings. Uh, you know, let's say if Brother Joseph has called somebody, uh, you know, for, for a meeting, uh, you know, let's say one of his close friends for a meeting, and that friend does come in time, Brother Joseph might say, ah, I know he never makes in time. He never comes on time. See, you know, our our experience goes along with us, right? Our, 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 uh, you, know, um, you know, our, our uh, yes, our, our, you know, experiences goes along with us, don't we? I mean, it forms an impression. But suppose, you know he called somebody else and by the experience he knows that that person will be five minutes before brother joseph would reach he will be in a hurry in his heart to reach 10 minutes before that person reaches so that he will beat him because by experience he knows that he can be trusted to come five minutes before the appointed time translate that into our faith in jesus christ what is apostle paul saying i have trusted jesus and i know in fact, he uses the word, I'm persuaded. Now the word persuaded is to convince, you know, when you have a salesman stand at your doorstep, what he's basically trying to do is to persuade you. Okay? You might say, no, nahi chahiye, nahiye, bura hai. but that guy is trained. I mean, he's trained to persuade you. He's persuading you, right? Apostle Paul is saying, I'm persuaded now to believe over my experience of the Lord, that my Lord is trustworthy. Just as brother CB said, my, my couch is trustworthy. I can put my weight on the Lord and my Lord will not give up. He will not collapse under my weight. He has proved his mettle all this while. I'm persuaded that God is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. Now, if you're not sure about that, you can't be really trustworthy for the gospel. It's very hard. Our trustworthiness comes from this this, this experience of God And can I say, the more you walk closer to him, and the more, you know, longer you walk with him, the older you get in your experience, the sweeter the Lord becomes, as that beautiful, he says, the longer I walk with him, the sweeter he becomes, uh, you see. Uh, And and it's same with relationships, right? Husband and wife, the longer they have walked, there is a sweetness about both of them, uh, isn't it? And I think each one of us have to ask this question has my walk become sweeter? Do I live as a trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ in the light of eternity? Am I persuaded in my heart that God is able to keep that which I have entrusted Him? Otherwise, suffering becomes difficult. When suffering comes, you will run off. It's only when you trust Jesus you say, all right, trust me to suffer, for the lord jesus christ and of course the fourth one uh you know uh is that that a that a trustworthy follower of jesus christ holds fast to the patterns of the teaching of the lord jesus christ he holds fast to the patterns of the lord jesus christ now this is a very important one now when you look at uh the text here for today Paul is telling Timothy that you should hold on to the sound teaching, the pattern of the sound teaching that you have heard from me. Couple of things I want to point out here today. Uh, One is, uh, you see, there is a pattern that Apostle Paul talks about, a pattern all of us as believers in the Lord and as the community of the Lord should follow, right? Very, very important. What is the first pattern? The pattern is Paul was an older person in faith. But he picked up Timothy, a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be following him in the patterns of the Lord. So what does that mean? We don't send anybody and everybody for Bible college training. No. That's how we have been doing. It's not how it is. You know, Are uh, you know, Gande to Bible college. No, 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 no. We don't send anybody, everybody for the Bible college. No, it's it's not how that works. You know, it is. It is that person who has proved trustworthy in the community. That means in the church, you look at a person and say, oh, this man has been trustworthy and the calling of the Lord is upon him. And you as elders come and pray over him. And you say, I think the Lord wants this man to go for further training. And you send him. Apostle Paul picks up Timothy. Anybody and everybody is not sent. And that's why you realize why a lot of people who go to Bible college don't end up coming the mission field they go elsewhere right everybody anybody is not called in to be sent into the college it is uh, it is it is somebody who's picked up uh, by by an older person another pattern that you see is uh, you know you see this mentorship that is happening uh, it is Apostle Paul who is walking with Timothy Apostle Paul says he is the son of my faith what does that mean we need to have spiritual fathers in the in the church. We need to have spiritual children in the church as well. You know, we are not empty, isolated islands now. Each one of you at the church should pick up somebody who is younger and say, "Can I walk along with you in this journey? Can I invest my life into your life?" I mean, to be very honest, you know, today singleness is on the rise. I mean, in our church, there are a lot of people who are single parents. I mean. Uh, I wonder what would happen to the children and my challenge is can I as a father come around and say well can I just father your child? I mean can I invest my in my my life into your child so that he is uh, he, he is invested in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ the very important aspect of of mentorship you know of, of an older person uh, you know leading a young person in faith is very very important Another pattern that you see is that Apostle Paul has taught the pattern of faith. Now, here is uh, something that is very uh, important. Let me read it uh, from uh, Jeff Reitz. He says, there is a pattern that they followed in the Old Testament, especially when you read the book of Acts, you see this pattern. And the pattern is wherever Apostle Paul and Barnum and the Apostle went and spoke, they first proclaimed the gospel. So first is proclamation of the gospel. When they proclaimed the gospel, people heard the gospel and came to them. And when they came to them, the second process, the second pattern is of training them very very important they trained the new converts in faith and there are times where apostle paul stayed 3 years you know there are times where he stayed uh, you know longer than 3 years and taught and established and grounded people in what i would like to call as the elementary teachings of faith what does that mean that training our young folks in god's word is very very important especially the ones who are coming to faith you know it is a sad state of our church today that we are only concerned about winning people to Christ. And we send reports saying, hey, so many people have come to Christ. But the problem is our back door is wide open. Can I tell you something? A lot of people in churches are utterly confused. Confused because they have now come to Christ and they're sitting in the pews and they have no idea what to do. They have really no idea what to do, they're just sitting there. Nobody has told them what to do. I mean, look at our youth, I mean, they're confused. I mean, the best thing they could do is to, I mean, probably pick up a guitar and sing a song. But then there is this whole aspect of training them in the that is in the sound doctrine. And who does the training in the sound doctrine? It is the deacons, it is the elders of the church, it is the teachers of the church who train them. So there is no time that is wasted between the new converts and training them. It is an immediate process. That as soon as you are, I mean, we do that in the corporates, right? We induct a person and then we orient that person. If you don't orient that person, that person is disoriented the whole of his life, right? But in our church, we don't orient people into our faith. That they are brought in, they are established in church. And, and when you read the pattern, they spend a considerable amount of time, sometimes three to four years in training these people. And then, of course, after they are trained, they establish elders and deacon for that church. And then Apostle Paul moves on and sends these letters back to keep, them in the check to tell them, Hey, look, how are you guys doing? And some of these letters are basically checking uh, on them as to how they're doing in their faith. So what is Apostle Paul here telling to Timothy? Timothy, I have given you the pattern of sound teaching. Hold to it. Hold to it. So the question we must ask is, as a trustworthy follower of Jesus Christ, that all that you have learned from uh, the, 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 the Bible fellowship, uh, from the church that you attend, are you now willing to hold fast to it, anchor to it, and say, I believe it with all of my heart, and I'm not going to uh, drift to the right or to the left, uh, holding ourselves in the elementary teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ? I would think uh, even we have to reform our under school in that sense. You know, some, sometimes I think uh, we think just because. Our children would color Noah's Ark in Sunday school for one hour, they will become a follower of Jesus Christ. They will not. Uh, today, the largest number of people who are walking out of church are teenagers and youngsters. You know, we should teach them in the didache of the Lord, in the elementary teachings of God. And it is that elementary teaching, the deficit of faith that will keep us uh, strong against the uh, against the tides of life that will come and and of course then he goes on to uh, also talk about what does it mean to be trustworthy he says A trustworthy follower of jesus christ guards the sound teaching the word guard means to protect from loss or uh, from damage uh, timothy was to protect it from false teachers and their instructions and paul reminds him that timothy the holy spirit will help you to guard it now you read through the book of Acts, and you realize there are two instructions given to the follower of Jesus Christ to one is that you guard the teachings. We are called to guard the deposit that God has given us. You know, we all guard our houses, right? We all guard our, our, our precious things, uh, don't we? We guard our children with all of our heart. And Apostle Paul is saying, guard the teachings that Christ has given you against the false prophets of the time against heretical teachings that come by. Now, how would you be able to guard? You have to know the original to understand what the duplicate is. If you do not understand the original, you would not understand what the duplicate is. You know, the FBI trains ours together to get a feel of the original bill. So that next time when they touch a fake bill, they know it, it is not. How do you guard the gospel? You have to know your scriptures well. You have to understand the elementary teachings well, the sound doctrines of the scripture, so that when you know it, and when you hear a heretical teaching, your ears will stand up. It's like your choir master, right? I mean, the choir master has about 100 people singing in the choir. Now, if I were standing in the choir, uh, you know, it would sound like a beautiful harmony, but have you realized sometimes the choir master would stop and say, oh, something is, stop, 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 something is not going right. You know, you would be like, oh, what are you doing? We're all singing good, right? but the choir master's ears are so trained well that he's able to notice that one sour note that is sung by one of the hundredth member and he will stop and say, stop, it's not going well. What does it mean to God? That you know the scripture so well that when you hear a savor note, your ears will stand up automatically. you say, ah, uh-uh, ah, something is wrong. Sounds good. Emotionally, it is fun. It is great. It is motivating, but doesn't sound very biblical. Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we're called to guard the gospel. And today, there are a lot of counter-gospels out in the world. I think uh, what Zoom has done it, what online meetings have done is that people are now hooked on to a lot of preachers. You know, we are called to love them but we are also called to listen to what they are talking and to assist them in the light of what the scripture says to guard it. Second thing, Apostle Paul tells Timothy, he says, follow Jesus Christ. You're not only to guard it, but you're supposed to preach it as well. You preach it, you teach it, Evangelion. The good news is to be spoken out. Now the question I wanna ask each one of you is, can the Lord trust us with all of this? Can the Lord trust you not to be ashamed of the gospel, not to call Jesus as your friend at your workplace, at your, at your college sphere, at your, uh, in, uh, at your uh, community, wherever you are. You know, there will come a backlash. People might look down on you, but would you be able to stand up and say, I don't care, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but yet I will still love those who would not love me. Would you be a follower of Jesus Christ and not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Um, Has there been instances in your life where you kind of backed off from even saying that you are a Christian just because probably there was a promotion on your way or probably there was something of benefit. But as Apostle Paul, I think being trustworthy would mean that we're not ashamed of the gospel being trustworthy would mean that we are not ashamed to suffer for the gospel you see suffering is an inevitable component in the life of a child of god jesus said you shall be persecuted the prophets have been so do not be do not be surprised when we are but in fact be surprised when you are not we will but as a trustworthy follower of the lord jesus christ i think uh, we should be willing to suffer for the gospel third is we should be able to live in the light of eternity. Very, very important. Being persuaded that he is able to keep that which you have committed to him until that day. Trustworthy follower Jesus Christ would mean that you hold fast to the patterns of the sound teaching that you have learned from the fathers of faith, that you hold on to it with your life. And of course, you guard it. You got it. You got it. As if this is the most precious thing. In fact, Jesus said, right he found this trussia and he sold everything and he bought it you guard the gospel with everything and not just God. will you be my brothers and sisters trustworthy to proclaim this gospel to proclaim this gospel you know there is this verbal component in proclamation and sometimes we say well my lifestyle will preach the gospel sorry uh, you know it is one part of it but we are called to proclaim the gospel too god has given us a mouth and we are to proclaim it are we proclaiming it When was the last time you proclaimed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, can I say this? Sometimes we don't proclaim because we are ashamed of the gospel. Sometimes we don't proclaim because we are ashamed of the gospel. But can you be found trustworthy to proclaim the gospel? Here is the last question that I would like to ask you. And the question is just this Would we be found trustworthy before the Lord? Would we be found? Would you be found? trustworthy before the Lord shall we pray father we want to thank you for this time Lord uh, it is an awesome responsibility that you have given each one of us uh, isn't it Lord to be to be able to handle your gospel to be able to handle your word it is it is an awesome privilege you've given us Lord and also an awesome privilege to be part of your kingdom that we are chosen we have we have been elected to follow Christ and therefore Lord I pray that none of us would be embarrassed of our citizenship. For our citizenship belongs in heaven. Yes, we are citizens of our country, but we are citizens of, of heaven too. We have dual citizenship, and I pray, O oh God, that none of us would be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. None of us will be ashamed to suffer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul boasts about his chains, he says, My chains has cost the furtherance of the gospel. And God I pray that we will be persuaded. commit to the Lord and to live in the light of eternity help us dear Lord to guard the deposit that you have given us the deposit of faith and not just to guard it but also to preach it and enable us Lord as a church to be proclaimers of God's Word Lord you know many a times uh, you know today we have become consumers of God's Word we just consuming worship we are consuming uh, uh, the Word But Lord, that's not what you called us to. You called us to become proclaimers of God's word. And I pray that each one of us who is within the reach of my voice this morning would be so moved by the Holy Spirit, moved by the good news, moved by the gospel. The gospel would excite them so much that they would not be able to keep quiet, that they will proclaim it, they will proclaim it. For I know, as Apostle Paul says, for there is no other name under heaven by which mankind shall be saved but the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, would you make us trustworthy, Lord, that you would be able to trust us as we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. and Amen.